right, so we are going through the book of Luke, just, I mean, we're plowing right through it. And today we're in chapter 7, and um, I want to, um, we missed a couple of weeks, uh, uh, Palm Sunday and uh, Easter Sunday, we're still in the book of Luke, just in different places. But um, I want us to, uh, I want us just, I want you to think about this. You know, one of the difficult uh, things that we have as Christians is that we're, we're reading and studying uh, about, uh, you know, something that happened, you know, almost 2,000 years ago. And while these words are still true today, it's hard for us because we're not Jews or, you know, most of us are not Jews in this auditorium this morning. It's hard for us to understand the Jewish culture. And, you know, without understanding the culture and how they lived and how, how they thought, you know, it's hard to get our minds around some of the things that Jesus said and did. And so we see here that um, in, in the Old Testament, God said that there was going to be a time when he would change the Old Covenant and the New Covenant was coming. And that New Covenant came with Jesus. And, but we're, so we're in the transition period as we look in Jesus' life and, uh, you know, where we are in the Word of God, Luke chapter 7, we're in that transition period where they believe that, you know, that everything in their world centered around uh, being a Jew. That if you weren't a Jew, you were nothing. That they were the, say it. Yeah, they were the chosen people. They were the chosen people. And if you weren't a Jew, you were absolutely nothing. You didn't count. Your life was just, you know, you were just scum. You were the scum of the earth. And uh, so we're seeing some things. So we're seeing some changes here. They believe that you became, you know, that you were saved by being a Jew. And uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later on. But, but you'll remember that there was a statement made by John the Baptist uh, in Matthew chapter 3 when Jesus came to get baptized. And some of the religious leaders were coming out to get baptized as well. The scribes and the Pharisees were coming out to get baptized. And he said, you brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And he says, go and bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. And he says, don't think that you can say that you're of Abraham's seed. He said, God is able to raise up these stones and make them after Abraham's seed. So they just believed that if you were a Jew, you, you had, you, you, that was your end. That was your out-of-hell card or out-of-jail card. That was your, you know, your card for life. You know, if you were a, a child of Abraham, if you were a Jew, and that righteousness came by keeping the law. That's what they believed. And so um, I want to read this story, then we're going to come back and just kind of you know, uh, delve into that a little bit more. So starting out chapter 1, or chapter 7, verse 1, it says that when he's speaking about Jew, uh, uh, Jesus, and this is talking about when he concluded his sayings, it's talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and we talked about that, you know, the, the blessings of the Sermon on the Mount, which says, blessed are you if you do this. It, we really said that we broke that word down to say, spiritually happy, you're spiritually happy if you do these things. It was, wasn't talking about money, it wasn't talking about material things, it was all spiritual. All of those things were spiritual. If, if you were poor in spirit, or if you were poor, or if you were broken, or if you were, you know, if you're broken hearted, all of those things were talking about spiritually, that, you know, uh, it was kind of the paradox. If it started out bad, but it ended up good. 
And so it says, after he finished these sayings, or concluded all of these sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And this is just kind of an interesting, you know, side note right here. Uh, if, you know, if you, if you think about this, we're in Luke chapter 7, but by, in Luke chapter 4, he goes to Nazareth. He's already been to Capernaum once. Uh, Na- Nazareth and Capernaum are only about 20 miles apart. Capernaum is in the northern part of uh, Israel, on the Sea of Galilee, kind of in the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. If you've got a map in the back of your Bible, you can take a look at it. But this is like the third time that he's been to Capernaum. And, you know, if, for someone looking at Jesus and thinking about it, they would just say, dude, you know what? You need a, you, you need a plan. You need a five-year plan or a three-year plan. You need some kind of plan. You're all over the map. And if you look at it, that's what it looks like. It looks like, I mean, you're in Capernaum one day, and then you're in Nazareth the next. And then you go back to Capernaum, and then you go to Nain, which we'll read about later on today. Uh, you know, it's just like back and forth between these places. It's just like, what's going on? You know, you map out Israel. I mean, you created this place. Just get it, map it out and just go. Just, you know, let's go from town to town to town. But remember, when he was in Nazareth, he said, you know, they didn't receive the word. And at Capernaum, they did. You know, he said that you're going to say to me, do the works, do the miracles that you did at Capernaum. But he said that he couldn't do them in some of these towns because they were, there was so much unbelief. They didn't have faith there. And so I, I just want us to keep this in mind. I think, uh, you know, uh, goals and, and plans are great. But if you were so dead set in a goal and a plan, you don't leave room for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. I mean, so be so fixed in your goal and you be so fixed in your plan that when God wants to say something or God does show up and wants to say something about a change in your life, and, you know, while it may look like Jesus didn't know what he was doing or he was all over the map, I believe that every step that he took, now listen to this, every step that he took was God-ordained and God-planned. And every step that he took was a step closer to the cross. Okay? All right. So, uh, he entered Capernaum, and a centurion servant was, uh, uh, that was dear to him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard about Jesus, when the centurion heard about Jesus as a Roman centurion, he sent um, the elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came, this, this is the elders or maybe uh, members of the synagogue that this man attended, says when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly saying that one for whom he should do this was deserving. What he was simply saying is this man, he's a righteous man, he's a good man, he's done a lot of things for us. He goes on to say that he loves our nation, he's built us a synagogue, talking about this Roman centurion. And Jesus went with them. And when he was um, already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I didn't even think, it my, think myself worthy to come to you, but say in a word and my servant will be healed, for I am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent 
returned to the house and found the servant well who had been sick. And then I'm going to read this next section of a story about the widow of Nain, and then we'll talk about, we'll try to break these things down and see how they apply to our life. This morning we're just talking about, you know, how to be better, how to be great. You know, I don't think that we want to live just normal lives. I think we want to live exceptional lives, and, you know, we want to be remembered by the greatness or by the great things that God has done in our life. And so it says, and now it happened the day after that. He's leaving Capernaum, okay? He's going uh, to a city called Nain. Um, Let me just read it. We'll come back and break it down. And many of the disciples, listen to this, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. Now, that is so different from, you know, the movies that you watch. If you watch, you know, Jesus of Nazareth or, you know, uh, any of these movies that are out there, it's usually Jesus. They usually show Jesus traveling with the 12 disciples and a few of the women, and it's just a very small group. But we're talking about this time, um, uh, his, many of his disciples, and we know that he had many, many disciples beyond the, uh, beyond the uh, 12 uh, we know that he sent out 70 before, uh, you know, going uh, to different houses. And so there may, be, there may have been hundreds of disciples, and there may have been a crowd of uh, 500 to 1,000. Who knows how large it was, but it was a very large crowd by this time that was following him. He has a reputation. And when they came uh, near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. And, uh, I mean, just this point of impact, city, or, or each city had a, a wall around the city, and there was a main gate of entrance into that city. And it just so happened that as this funeral procession is happening, that this woman is coming out, that Jesus is going into the city, and they met at that gate. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. And then he came and he touched the open coffin, and those that, uh, who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And so he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. And fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and... God has visited his people. Two things. The great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him uh, went throughout all of Judea and all the surrounding regions. So uh, before we we get into this, there are four points that I want to make this morning just about us being great. You know, what we can do, what God can do in our lives, and, and how greatness comes uh, but I, I, you've got to see this 